Villanova University's WXVU Villanova. Online at wxvu.villanova.edu. On air at 89.1 on your FM dial or stream us anytime, anywhere on the Radio FX app. This is Father Peter and you're listening to V891 The Roar. Is your Play-Doh paper due tomorrow? Need a fresh set of eyes to look over your final draft? haven't even started yet, you can make an appointment at the Villanova University Writing Center. Located on the second floor of Falvey Memorial Library, the Writing Center is full of professionally trained tutors who assist Villanova students of all majors on their writing assignments, from personal statements to thesis papers, at any stage in the writing process. Hours of operation are Sunday, 3.30 to 7.30, Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 7.30, and Friday from 11.30 to 3.30. Stop in or call 610-519-4604 to make an appointment today. Now, here's your three-day weather forecast for the main line. Mostly clear skies tonight, a low down to 32. Sunny for your Tuesday, a high of 49 degrees. 
And a mix of sun and clouds Wednesday, a high of 59. Good afternoon, everybody. You are listening to 89.1 FM WXVU Villanova Student Radio. It's a little past 4 p.m. on this cold, little uh, gloomy Monday afternoon, but it's time for Fun in the Locker Room, your favorite sports radio show where we have some fun in the locker room, recapping everything in the world of sports, discussing hot takes, making predictions, and more. We're a radio show, but we're also a podcast now. Check us out on SoundCloud, Fun in the Locker Room, and check us out on Twitter, Fun in the Locker Room as well, where we post our polls and questions for our followers. We try and interact with you guys. Um, We're sending great thoughts to all our listeners from the studio here in Villanova, Pennsylvania. And let's start the show the way we always do, recapping Week 10 in the NFL with our takeaways from this weekend. Sean, let's start with you. All right. Chiefs offense is back. And the favorite to win the AFC, they'll be back in the Super Bowl. Patrick Holmes had a great game. Tyreek Hill, two touchdowns. They just started clicking offensively. Like, they... Patrick Holmes looked like his former self. His arm angles, the ridiculous throw to um, who's the running back? Darren Williams. That was an amazing catch over the, over the cornerback. Like they just looked like the fun offense we expect to see, and they are actually sneakily in first place in the AFC West right now, which not a lot of people know. Unbelievable. They beat my Raiders too. So sad about that. Um, my takeaway from this week: Pats will win the AFC East. Um, Bills. Bills right now, I mean, they won this past week, but the Pats were running a four-game win streak. The defense has looked incredible, and they're just blowing teams out when they win. So that's my take. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, hot take that, not really a hot take at all, but uh, I think the Mike White experiment in New York is officially over. Um, it was exciting, I'm sure, for Jets fans because they don't have a lot to get excited about. But... Uh, Four picks. I mean, yes, the Bills' defense is a good defense, but throwing four picks, 250 yards, 24-44, getting benched for Joe Flacco, who we all saw is ecstatic to be back in New York, um, to get benched for Joe Flacco. I, I think it's it's if there was any type of QB debate for when Zach Wilson come back, uh, comes back, I think it's over. They're both throwing interceptions. You might as well just give it to the uh, second overall pick in this year's draft. So not much of a hot take, but uh, we'll go with that. Why don't we get right into Sean's take? Because we have all kind of, in a way, passionately talked about the AFC West uh, the last couple of weeks um, because it's honestly the division that seems to be changing the most, maybe outside of the AFC North. So um, it's kind of everyone's kind of on the same playing field, right? At this point, with record-wise. Yeah, they're all they're all pretty much the same. The Chiefs do have a slight edge, I think, in win column. It's just by weeks right now is probably most differential thing that's occurring between these, all of these four in the division. They've all had streaks. They've gone on. They've been hot. They've been cold. They've been all over the place. But right now, they're all, all back to equal right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, next couple games are going to be the deciding factor for this. And it looks like Chiefs play Cowboys and then Broncos Raiders. Two it's big divisional games. Two huge divisional games for, for all the teams involved. Right after that, they play the Chargers. So they got the Cowboys and then three divisional games in a row. It's going to be a huge tell. Yeah, I completely agree. Those those games, Chargers play the Broncos, another big game for them. Um, yeah, Raiders, Cowboys, like they're all playing good teams other than the Broncos playing the Lions, which should be a relatively easy win for them. But I think the Chiefs are firing all cylinders. I know the Chargers didn't – the Chargers played decently well. The Chargers, I feel like, are always in close games, but they can never close out the close game, which has been a problem for them for as long as possible. Maybe it's an organizational thing, but I don't know. No matter who's their quarterback, who's their coach, it continues to be a problem for them. The Raiders have dealt with one of the most 
off season like off the field issues constantly like to have the head coach and now your star wide receiver being arrested like and the Sean Jackson thing you see the Sean Jackson yeah, play yesterday that was so bad did not love where he was on the field <coughs> um, Broncos Trader and Bob Miller but still playing well um, yeah I don't, I don't know if to make this division yeah let's um let's focus on the game between the two division rivals uh, Chiefs and Raiders that we saw Sunday Night Football um, I just want to know if we can confidently say are we like are we okay with the Chiefs because we've been so critical of them you know, the last couple of weeks saying that, you know, this is going to be their off year, you know, Chargers and and um, Raiders were our two picks to battle it out for the division title. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, after games where looked less accurate, less comfortable, less time, threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns, mm-hmm. while Derek Carr, who has been playing well, couldn't even crack 20 points on this Chiefs defense and uh, threw a pick, yes, two touchdowns. And also, you want you got to look at the rushing numbers. Um, uh, Derek Carr was their leading rusher with 18 yards. Josh Jacobs couldn't get anything going on seven attempts. But I mean, what what do we make? This is like something I I don't think anyone was expecting. Well, we got to look at the pa- the the Chiefs' past three games haven't given up more than 17 points in either of those games. So you have 17 versus the Giants, seven versus the Packers. I mean, there's an asterisk next to that game because Aaron Rodgers and yeah. their whole receiving core was out, but. And then 14 versus the Raiders. But this looks good for the Chiefs. And I, I don't know if I can make any prediction on what's going to happen because they play the Cowboys this upcoming week, which is going to be a huge tell if their defense is actually for real or not. And um, as for the offense, I think everybody was waiting for Patrick Mahomes in that offense to kind of have this wake-up game where they just go absolutely off, and this was it. Their key is they their defense stays playing pretty well if their offense can keep even sort of on this path they're going to be they're going to be in good position and um they beat the cowboys a huge statement win yeah and, and i don't think any of us doubted the chiefs offensive potential that like, we all knew they had this in this like we knew Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback none of us doubted any of that but like they're finally putting the pieces together and coming and going coming out of this funk i think that the defense as liam just pointed out was a big reason why we were skeptical about them but if they keep playing like this I don't know. I think we have to have confidence that they can go all the way, especially in an AFC that's like very no clear favorites. Really, it's it's reflective of this division, Gerald, within the entire AFC conference as a whole. So I think they have the best chance of anybody to get out of the conference in general. Yeah, and I mean, you did say in the take back to the Super Bowl, which is a pretty um, you know bold take, but. Um, I want to, like, uh, yes, I'm, I'm excited to see Patrick Mahomes do well. I'm excited to see him getting the ball to, you know, not only just Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, which I feel like we've, we've kind of labeled as the two targets that get double teamed, but uh, Darrell Williams becoming part of the passing game and, you know, this other cast of, of people that they have. But um, I feel like we can't ignore the rushing game was still not really there. Um, and that's really something that you need to see um, from a contender. I, you know, I, I feel like we could all... May, there's been exceptions, but I'm looking at the stats right here. The Raiders are top 10 in teams that have given up the most rushing yards allowed, so they only get 94 rushing yards against them. Yes, obviously, Patrick Mahomes throwing 50 times in that game. I'm not really you know, bothered by that. He's got to do what he's got to do. He's going to put up 400 yards. But, I mean, Darrell Williams, 11 yards, 43 carries. Uh, I'm sorry, 11 carries, 43 yards. What do we make of that? What I think they're starting to do, and I feel like the Chiefs' offense in the past have done this and has worked effectively, is the short passing games are becoming essentially the running games. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of checkdowns to the running backs, a bunch of even checkdowns to Tyreek Hill. Like they're just 
getting the ball in their playmaker's hands, and if that means running the ball or just like getting out of Patrick Mahomes' hands quick, either way, I think it's effective. And what that does is it heats Patrick Mahomes up, gets him more confidence, and that's what they've been looking for all season. But they needed a game like this, and I mean, you sacrifice a little bit of the running game, but your star quarterback throws for 400 yards, five touchdowns, you can't really complain. Yeah, and okay, opposite side of the game, are the Raiders just, is this no longer a three-team race and the Raiders are dropping out? What do we think about that? Well, looking at their uh, their upcoming schedule, it doesn't really get any easier. Um, big test, they got Bengals-Cowboys back-to-back. If they can win, say, one of those games, and then they play Washington after that, they can go 2-1. and one. I'd say pretty realistically they could. Um, but if they go 1-2 and two and they or 0-3, oh lose against the football team, they are not looking too good. I mean, with all the stuff they've had to deal with, they've been very inconsistent. Um, I don't know. Big game against the Bengals, though. If they win this game, who knows what could happen. They're yeah, still, they're still and shot. they're catching the Bengals on a pretty, um, <laughs> you know, emphasized slump that they're kind of oh, in right, right now. Yeah. So to, you can easily capitalize on this slump, but if they don't find a way to win and the Bengals, you know, blow them out or whatever, um, that's got to be telling as well. Yeah, it's definitely – I wouldn't count them out. They've had a history of starting off well and not finishing well down the stretch. Um, they're still 5-4. and four. They're still a good football team. They've done a lot, dealt with a lot of off-field issues. So another week, another calming down, another week away from the whole Henry Oak situation, the John Gruen thing. Hopefully, like, provide more clarity for this locker room, I hope, hopefully going down. But I do agree it's a three-team three race. And it's not because the Raiders are out of it. The Broncos are t- are not the team. They're not actually in this race. I know they're five and five, but if you look at the Broncos' wins, the Broncos have beat the entire NFC East. They beat the Giants, which Ooh. is not saying much. Wow. They beat the football team. Actually, they lost the they lost the Eagles. Sorry, they beat the Giants, which the Giants. They beat the football team. Congrats. They beat the, <laughs> they beat the Jets. They hey, beat the Jaguars. Football team just just smoked Tom. Brady. Okay, <laughs> as you seen that football, anything happens. But these teams are not good teams in general. That's true. That's and. True. Their one only statement win was against the Cowboys. It's the only statement win they have. They got blown out against the Eagles by 17 points. Like, they did not look competitive in that game at all. I don't think the Broncos are a realistic AFC playoff team this year, especially in a very crowded AFC. And we're clearly seeing the effort Teddy Bridgewater puts in. Did, did everyone see that clip of, uh, what was it, a fumble recovery, and he could yeah. easily yeah. tackle, <laughs> and he just decides, oh, you know what, I'm going to pull a Cam Newton. He like made a business back. decision. Business yeah. decision. But, I, I mean, if that's the type of um, business decisions my quarterback's making, I don't, I don't know how the team feels about that. But I agree with you, Sean. It's those three. Um, what do we think about the Chargers? Who are, it seems like they go on these, you know, I'm looking at their schedule, uh, you know, start out 1-1, three wins, two losses, one win, one loss the Vikings. So, inconsistent. Well, I've, I've been saying this for a while. They have too many weapons on offense to not be putting up 30, at least like 25, 30 points a game. And that just hasn't been the case for them. They, they're putting up 20, 24, but their defense is giving up just enough for them to lose. And, I mean, you go against a team like the Vikings, mediocre team, not, I mean, could sneak into the playoffs, but if nah. you're a Chargers fan, if you're on the Chargers, this is a game you got to win. You have to beat the teams you can beat, especially when you got guys, Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. You got Justin Herbert, who's who at the beginning of the season looked like he was going to be one of the new faces of the league. But it's just they've been very inconsistent all season, and their offense really needs to wake up. Yeah, I, I 
I personally, as my take start of the show was, I think the Chiefs are going to win this division. I don't, I don't see the Chargers. The Chargers Raiders could challenge a little bit, but I feel like the Chiefs have the know-how and like the pedigree to like win this division in general. So then you're looking at a wild card spot, and the wild card teams in the AFC. I, I think the Patriots and the Bills. Whoever doesn't get that's probably get the other wild card spot. Um, the AFC. I think it truthfully comes down to. Can the AFC North get two two wildcard teams, or can the AFC West steal one in? And the Chargers Raiders have a chance. I think you're gonna have to probably go over the next couple of games. So they have nine more games. If they can go five and four, six and three again, I think they probably have a chance to sneak in. So I would not bet against the Chargers. I think they could probably sneak in as a playoff team, but they're looking at like sixth, seventh wildcard spot. Nothing that you'd be too excited about if you're a Chargers fan. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna hammer home on on Liam's point with um, the offensive weapons and I you know I feel like what they what the entire team needs is a challenge to to step up because um, this Vikings game Austin Eckler 11 carries 44 yards to a team that you know statistically is giving up a lot of rushing yards per game that's just unacceptable Mm -hmm. Um, you know Austin Eckler is a very important part of that offense it allows Justin Herbert to kind of once you establish that running game you know, feel more comfortable getting outside the pocket or throwing the ball or whatever downfield. So that um, that's just unacceptable. You're not going to win a football game when someone like Austin Eckler, who's considered an elite back around in the league, getting you 44 yards against that defense. Um, I wouldn't say that's acceptable by any means. And same thing with Justin Herbert, 195 yards to a team that's middle of the pack in giving up uh, passing yards, but picking a t- in a um, in a touchdown. You know, to get sub 200 yards, and we've talked about how explosive you have receivers and a running back who can get open to catch the ball. So, um, honestly, I I, I want to challenge them as far as the other side of the ball. You know, they've had they they've had faces that have been there for a while. Joey Bosa, and um, I'm blanking on the the safety that they drafted in the first round a while back. Um, but like Derwin you James. said, I'm sorry. Never mind. Never mind. No, yeah, Derwin James. It's Derwin James, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I don't even know if Casey Hayward's still on the team. He's probably I think he, he's either injured or he's definitely on the team. He might be injured, though. But you have the persona, and, and I mean, I'm mostly just trying to hammer the, po- the point Liam said about the offense. It, it's just you need to just step up. And, you know, later on the show I'll talk about a team in the NFC West who has a lot of weapons that needs to step up. But for now, um, yeah. If, if the Chargers, like you said, you know, it, it's possible. Yeah. But you got to turn this around. Yeah. It's I mean, a 4-5 and five Vikings team who came into this 3-5. Yeah. and five. It's can't do that. Another interesting conversation about the Chargers, which they've had a problem in the past, is their lack of home field advantage. Like, you're from L.A., yes. Truett, so you understand this. From what I've heard and from what it seems on television, the Chargers don't have a very big fan base, and most of the times when they're playing these games, they're almost a road team on the road. Like, if you look at their record, they're 3-1 and one away, and they're 2-3 pl- they're and three at home. So they have a losing record at home, and, like, it's an issue. And I don't know how you usually solve this, because they just recently moved to L.A., but, like, I think this is actually hurting them. They're hurting their team and hurting their chances to win the division. Dude, it's it's honestly laughable. I think we all see the memes of, like, you know, they show photos of the stands, whether yeah. it's more away fans or not. But it, it is kind of laughable. Um, I don't doubt that's a factor to, to the team. Um, it, it's honestly a little bit more laughable how the Rams move to the state um, much later mm-hmm. and still have more fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, the San Diego fan base, like, it's not... This this was an issue in San Diego, too. Yeah, it was. So it's not like moving to L.A., oh, you've robbed all these San Diego fans, but, you know, just my take on it. Um, so over the course of the this next 
till the end of the season. You got so many in conference games for this this division. Kind of crazy to say this, but right now the Raiders and the Chargers are the only ones with uh, above five hundred in their conference in their division. So that's a little interesting. Um, Chargers actually two and zero. Oh wait, I'm sorry. I'm looking at something else. Um, are you actually, saying Chargers are the best in their division? Yeah, in terms of divisional games. Divisional games. What yeah. is the you're saying divisional games? Yeah, As in, in the whole in, AFC. In and, their AFC West. But out of all the AFC teams, they have a positive. They have their best record in the conference. Yeah. Wow. And they got a ton of games left in their division and in the conference. So, huge tell what's going on. I think all the teams play the Cowboys, and then it looks like Bengals, Steelers. So, they're playing all the same teams. Um, but it's going to come down to these in-division games. And right now, I'd say it's a coin. It really is a coin toss. I mean, you got to be excited the way the Chiefs have been playing. Sean, is that going to be your pick? Yeah, they're definitely my division? pick. They got, the, they got the Broncos to play. They got Broncos twice. So those should be two easy wins. Mm-hmm. A lot of other divisional It's a lot of divisional games. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I personally pick in the Chiefs. Good Chiefs, Truett. I can't believe I'm saying this. My, my answer has changed like three times uh, yeah. this season. But I'm going to go with Chiefs as well. I think they might be back, and it's exciting for football, for sure. I would love to see the Chiefs win, but um, I've been saying it since the beginning of the show. I still think the Chargers just have too many weapons not to turn it around, so I'm going to take them to take the division. But I think either way, we're going to see at least two of these teams make the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And we will get to the rest of the AFC uh, powerhouses we got to talk about and the NFC right after this PSA. Follow our sports page on Instagram, home to all things Villanova sports, from radio shows to sideline coverage, news, and more. Search WXVU Sports, WXVU Sports for more. Okay, so I know, Liam, you're pretty excited about the Titans, so why don't, why don't we just well, jump right into that? Well, not this week, because um, they whooped up oh, on my, my offensive <laughs> Saints. This week came at a cost for you. Yeah, but um, once again, they the Titans, without Derrick Henry... They do everything right. They win games. I mean, they beat the Rams, which was a huge, huge win. Huge win. Defense really stepped up, but they came to this game. They knew the Saints were lacking weapons on offense at almost every single position, which I'm not going to get too into that. <laughs> um, but they got the job done, stopped the comeback when it looked like the Saints were rolling, and 8-2, um, and two, sitting atop of the AFC by two games now. Looking like they're going to be the one seed favorite in that in that uh, in that conference. So they've just been rolling. Uh, this comes back to our earlier conversation where we were talking about the whole Derrick Henry injury, yeah. and we were a little concerned about them losing their position in the playoffs. But like now is the theory that if he comes back in the playoffs, he's healthy, oh he's God. rested. And, like this and, is scary. I got to give credit where credit's due. Ryan Tannehill has been balling. Too. Yeah, he's been playing really well. So, and it's not like they're like if you look at his stats, he's only got two hundred thirteen yards and a touchdown. Like. They're just finding ways to score. The defense has stepped up huge. The defense has been amazing. The defense has been amazing. Um, running backs, 66 yards and a touchdown. Like, there's not much there. Um, I don't understand how they're winning these games, but they're just grinding them out. If you, just look, if, you look at the, if you look at the box score, the box score doesn't show the Titans should have won this game whatsoever. Like, the Saints had way more passing yards, way more rushing yards, way more things, way more receiving yards. The Titans are just finishing opportunities. Yeah. They get stops when they need to, and they score when they need to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we I didn't personally watch the Saints-Titans game, but if we go back to the Titans-Rams that we talked about last week, they got the ball back in excellent position. So, 
you know, you can't penalize Ryan Tannehill for passing for 30 yards on a drive when he was given the ball at, like, the 50. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or, or closer. So um, it is kind of, I forgot which one of you guys said it, the whole team coming around and, and getting it done. It's, it's grind out wins. I'm honestly shocked that out of all the contenders that we've kind of identified in the AFC that, you know, whether it be the Bengals or, you know, the Chiefs or, or whatever, or the Bills, excuse me, the Titans are the ones who their best player got injured and they still continue yeah. to win. You know, the Bengals have, have kind of been in a slump and you know, Chiefs have had their mess, but the Titans are the ones that have continued in our 8-2. and two. I'm honestly very impressed with the team. And it's not like they're playing garbage teams either. No. They got that huge win against the Chiefs where they blew them out 27-3, beat the Rams pretty handedly on... Great, on a great defense. Made Stafford. They look, beat the Bills. Awful. They beat the Bills early in the season. Close game. They they just win close games, and and that's why they've been so good. They have beat up in the past couple weeks on three of the top teams in the NFL. Like if you're going to win the season, you say three of the top teams. You think the Rams, you think the Chiefs, you think the Bills. That's amazing. And they beat yeah. them. That's amazing. And they they just had a lone loss against the Jets, which just chalked up bad loss. It's going to happen in the NFL. And the Cardinals lost, and the Cardinals are a good football team. So that was, that was week one. Yeah. yeah, anything happens week one. Yeah, and you know, going back to the stats, um, we're looking at the yards and touchdowns for Tannehill. But I think the key thing that we're, you know, we need to look at is is turnovers. I mean, if yeah. he's not turning the ball over, that's sure, a successful yeah. team for sure. And the Titans they capitalize when they when their defense steps up. Happening against the Saints, they force a huge fumble immediately. Ryan Tannehill scores a touchdown. They're, just, they're taking advantage of what teams are giving them, and they're playing really, really well. And I, I for one, have, have been kind of uh, – I've dismissed the Titans' defense a lot. And it really took – I mean, I knew that, you know, like Kevin Byard's a very good safety. But I figured the rest of the team is just not – you know, it's a team sport, obviously, on that side of the ball. Um, but, you know, that Rams game and to hold uh, – actually, I'm not going to bring up the Saints because – the offense that we've mentioned, yeah. but um, just the Rams game in particular, it's it's it was amazing just to see to make St- Matthew Stafford, who I think a lot of people at one point or another had in their MVP, MVP conversation, yeah. look awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so I got to give props to the defense for sure. And quick shout out this game to uh, Trevor Simeon. I have been very critical about him in the past. He played well, three hundred almost yeah. three hundred passing yards, a touchdown too. I'd also like to give a huge shout out to my boy Mark Ingram. Uh, broke the rushing record for yards in Saints history. Wow. Well-deserved. Um, another record broken from the late, great Deuce McAllister. But, Mark Ingram, glad to have you back because we, we really need you, buddy. This <laughs> <laughs> yeah. offense is struggling um, right now. Was Kamara playing? No. no. Is he back next week? Do we have any confirmed about that? I don't know, but at this point, I mean. Is it packs my fans team, so I'm really hoping he's yeah. back next week. What what's the like mentality for the Saints? That's the what, that's what I don't really like understand because if they have Alvin Kamara in this game, I think they don't lose by two points. However, they did a lot of dumb things. They fumbled way deep in their their um their own territory. They missed extra points, and I mean costly turnovers like that. Team like the Titans is going to take advantage. Looking at who the Saints have coming up, though, um, I mean, with the Bucks lost this week, which I'm sure we'll get into that, it doesn't really get any easier for them. They got Bills, Cowboys, Bucks, and then, I mean, outside of that, they got five winnable games. So we'll see. I just don't know if if the Saints don't have a shot at making the playoffs, which I mean, they still do. 
I'd rest AK. I don't want anything. Yeah, they've got a chance yeah. of it. They've got a one game cushion right now in the um, wild card race. Wild card race in the NFC is crazy. The Giants yeah. are one game out of a wild card spot. We're loving this right now. Oh God. But like, it's competitive. <laughs> it is. There's a lot of teams right there. There's yeah. there's the cream of the crop. There's the five teams, and there's a bunch of teams like five and four, four and five, mm-hmm. three and six, just all fighting for that last wild card spot. If the Saints were to drop like three games in a row, starting with, um, they lose to the Eagles. Well, okay. Let's just say <laughs> yeah. they, they drop three of the next however many, um, and it's not looking. It's looking like a lot of things have to go their way to get mm-hmm. into the playoffs. Um, with Alvin Kamara being, I feel like it's justified to use him as like you, you know your your what's what's the expression? The, workhorse. Uh, workhorse. Bell cow. Bell cow. Thank you. Um, if you know you're in the playoffs because that's kind of what he's done. You know he's just he could go out there and get you. You know, seven, seven touchdowns, touchdowns in a game, which he's <laughs> yeah. done. But um, I see your point. Like I just, I just don't want him to get when hurt. Do you, when do you pull the plug? That, and, that's the problem. I, if they're not going to be battling for a playoff spot, there's no point in having him play. They don't have Michael Thomas. They don't have a consistent starting quarterback. Their wide receiving core is just terrible. And I mean, besides their offensive line, their offense is, is really, really bad on paper. Yeah, um, but, but with the NFC, what she was talking about true. being out of the thing, they're not out of this no. thing. Even with three wins, I don't think they're getting out of this thing. They're going to be in this until the last week of the season, one way or the other. Yeah, I'd say next three games. It's got a while. Eagles, Bills, Cowboys. So, I mean, got to beat the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Sorry, one, and I could I could see them having an upset win. They're they're a team like that. That's they're never out of a game any week in or week out. And you never know what the Cowboys are gonna do. Exactly. The Cowboys could do anything. Exactly. So we'll see. But um I don't know. I just want AK to be healthy because when he is and when he's got weapons with him on offense, oh my God. He is incredible. Yeah. So. Let's uh let's stick same conference. Uh how about welcome back Cam Newton to the uh you know former squad that he won MVP with, went to the Super Bowl. Um, what, uh, do we have any like impressions from that? I, I, obviously, everyone saw he you know he got so excited. So, he, he was he was having a blast out there, which I think was cool to see. When he scored the touchdowns, did they just like put him in that, when they were yeah, in the red zone? Yeah. So he didn't start, and he didn't yeah. throw most of the. That's what I was going to say. That was he, kind of odd. At the point I checked it. <laughs> a little Taysom was, Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was around the first of the second half. Maybe the first half. And he was on the play for two snaps. Yeah. He, he threw one passing touchdown and hit one rushing touchdown and his two snaps on the field. <laughs> I mean, you got it done. Got to give credit where credit's due. Sword. I think he's going to be the starting quarterback. Maybe not next week, but I expect moving forward that he's going to take more of a workhorse. Because P.J. Walker, great story. I was, was rooting for the guy. The XFL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was he on the Broncos when – no. Who was the – that's not the, the wide receiver that was oh, first no, to that, play. No, that's P.J. Hammer. Yeah, yeah okay. But P.J. Walker definitely, like – I, I was rooting for him. I was rooting yeah. for him to do stuff, but like, he's 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 not the long term future. He's not the no, current no. future, especially at five and five. The Panthers are a currently a playoff spot, I believe. Yeah, they're in the seventh spot. Yeah. yeah. So, if they want to actually make the playoff run, Cam Newton's got to be the quarterback. He provides much more upside, like his running ability, like, and in Carolina, I feel like they get the most out of him. Yeah, he just yeah. knows what he's doing. I mean, yeah. he's got the experience. Yeah. yeah. They, they beat Cardinals team, which I mean. Obviously, huge asterisk next to this game. Kyler Murray out, D Hop out. But but that defense. However, like, still they beat the Cardinals away too. 
Yeah, that's that's no like game you can just like no. look over. And Colt McCoy is the starting quarterback. Yeah, but yeah, uh, okay, that's fair. So he's probably not getting many yards and giving them good field. Position. But they did score thirty four points. Yeah, yeah. Still putting, yeah, that's 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 the that's the bigger thing. That is definitely the bigger thing. And just to uh, address your point, I saw somewhere that Matt Hool said that. Um, uh, Cam Newton's getting reps with the first team this week, so maybe starting. I think I believe versus the football team, mm-hmm. which is cool because that's Ron Rivera. So that's you know the storylines there and everything. But um, it, it is a bit unfortunate how the Sam Darnold thing is just you know I don't want to. Yeah. yeah, we talked about Sam Darnold last week, but um, what, do you see Cam Newton on the team after the season? Depends how they play. So the, all right. if he could lead them to a seven seed. Make the playoffs. There's no reason why he shouldn't be back in Carolina. Contractual wise and money wise, which is definitely a thing that influenced the NFL. There's Panthers already picked up the uh, fifth year options on Sam Darnold. <laughs> Sam Darnold is back really? next year for like serious? eighteen million dollars. Uh, I think it's oh, number. Oh God. Jesus. So, I, I think That's the joke funny. was I saw that the uh, Panthers are paying. The replacement for Cam Newton and the replacement for the replacement yeah. of Cam Newton and the replacement for the replacement for Cam Newton wow. and Cam Newton this year all to Ooh, have is, Cam Newton. He's replacement for placement. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And they're paying him $10 million this year, so like I think they definitely see a long-term, they see a future with him, especially this year going forward. Um, it's a lot of money to throw at him. Yeah. Wow. And I think they might eat some, I think they might eat, if he plays well and he's in the playoffs, you eat the cap and you yeah, bring right. him back next year. Yeah, why not? Um, just want to give one one little shout out to uh, Panthers kicker Zane Gonzalez hit three forty five yarders in a row. Wow! I think that's awesome. <laughs> Special teams win. Big was, was, teams guy, yeah. the, the, was he the guy on the Browns that just missed? Like I, I think so. He was just the guy that he just was. Couldn't, couldn't yeah. hit. Yeah, couldn't hit. <laughs> that was like a bad year for kickers too. Comeback yeah. story. Yeah, good for him. Um, Right, but we we gotta go to break soon. But let's uh let's cover them boys, <laughs> Cowboys, <laughs> boys, them boys. Sean, why don't we talk about your favorite uh, defensive player, Diggs? Got okay. another Diggs. All right, Diggs. All right. Is he good? Is he not? What? What's the there is a stat. We got a little stat. Yeah. Over the past two weeks, not through this week, he had been targeted eight times. Okay. He allowed six receptions for 128 yards and two touchdowns. Does that sound like the defensive player of the year to you? Because it does not sound like that to me. Congrats, he can catch the ball. I love that for him. So good. Would he make a great safety? Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing cool. safety. A ball hawking safety. Dangerous. Center field, man. Exactly. Him playing center field. If he can work on his ability to read the quarterback, would be amazing. But yeah. as a cornerback, he is not a good quarterback. No. He's not. He's not a good cover. He can, he can intercept every once in a while, so it's dangerous to throw to him. I'd be a little scared to throw to him as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. If you make a mistake, he's going to capitalize it. But if you throw a good ball... You throw a decent ball. You throw a t- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's not doing anything about it. Yeah. I hate to tell you this. Um, before you go, Liam, I just want to say this. He's plus 400 to win Defensive Player really? of the Year. Miles Garrett is the favorite with plus 300. Oh, God. Okay, Miles. isn't Miles Garrett... I know he was on pace to break the sacks for extra game. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. He was on pace to break the sacks record. Let, let me just tell you some notable names that he's ahead of. T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, Kevin Byer, Jalen Ramsey, and then whatever. I mean, it, interceptions is just such a face stat. Uh, I, I think the, ca- the casual NFL fans aren't seeing, you know, what Sean is you know able to bring to the table here, which, which is just like he's just getting, you know, scored on. Yeah, however, if you're on a team that's just destroying teams as well, sitting 7-2 right now, haven't had a problem their past. I mean, besides the loss to the Broncos, 
haven't really had a problem in a while, and it's it's a very very um, sorry division. I'll say yeah. that. Too. Charlie, I got a quick question. For you. <laughs> um, <laughs> unless you want, to, you can address that first if you want. Nope, but, no, you keep, um, yeah. I haven't I haven't been able to. When I'm watching Cowboys games, I'm not like actively like focusing on where Trevon Diggs is. Um, so if you've seen any of the footage, is it just kind of going for like a do or die pick that he's, or is he just genuinely just getting beat, you know, on? Uh, Routes. Okay, most of his picks are, are do or die type of things. Also, it's a lot of the bobble ones, where yeah, most he, most he will, he most quarterbacks or linebackers yeah. drop those bobble yeah. ones that fall in their hands, but he's just catching them. He does get beat on a lot of routes. Too. He gets beat a lot. A lot yeah. Of routes, yeah. So but, it, it's not like, it's not like like let's say uh, twenty yards down the field, he's going for a do or die, and then you know he misses it. The guy behind him. The receiver gets it and takes he's off. Getting, he's just yeah. straight up he's getting, getting beat. beat. And the problem is he's not getting targeted a lot because he's gotten a lot of picks. Yeah. But when teams target him, it's it's cash money. It has shown you're either going to score a touchdown or you're going to get picked yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, Miles Garrett should win defensive player of the year. Looked up. He's to- currently totally agree. 13 sacks through 10 games. 22 and a half is the record. So he's been incredible. He's a little off the pace. A little off the pace to reach it because 17 games, only got seven more games to play. <coughs> is that right? Only seven more games of the yeah. season? Wow. Season's flown Flying by, by. Yeah. but yeah, um, Miles Garrett should definitely win that. What about the other side of the ball? Uh, I think Liam, you brought up last week the Dak Prescott roller coaster yeah. that we're going on. It was the high point of the roller coaster, you know. Is it just something that we just have to like? If you're a Cowboys fan and that you know front office and team, you just gotta live with the results because the highs are so high, you gotta live with the lows. Put a, I mean, Falcons are not not a good football team. But they drop. Anytime you put 43 on a team, it's pretty impressive. And looking back, besides the game against Vikings, besides the game against the Broncos, they put up a good amount of points this season. Um, you just need Dak Prescott to be in, be consistent and stay on the field. Other than that, I mean, huge game against the Chiefs, whose defense has looked much improved over the past three weeks. So, huge game um, on the 21st versus the Chiefs, I think, for both teams. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully, I would love to see Dak blow up that uh, that Chiefs defense and prove us wrong again. But um, yeah, I wouldn't personally the Giants. Well, yeah. Game, but <coughs> as a Giant, I gotta ask, where are the Giants sitting in that division? Oh right no. We had a bye week this week, found it. So they had a bye tied, week tied for the I know tied oh, with Washington. But. But we are one game out of a playoff spot. Does that mean Philly's in? Why is that is always the case the with your division? I don't know. No, no, no. We're not one game, game out of a playoff spot in the NFC East. We're one game out of a wild card spot. Imagine the NFC, NFC East gets a wild card it's team. Two teams. Oh. <laughs> I think Roger Goodell have to override something there. I don't know how, how that would work. So you're telling me Philly, Washington, or the Giants are going to be in? Possible. Oh, Lord. We're going for it. Season starts after this week. Lose to the Bucks, and we're gonna win out after that. That's that unreal. That really is unreal. All right, we have to cut to. I need to take a break from that for a second. Uh, we got to cut to some commercials, but we'll be we'll be right back for some more uh, NFL, and we'll get to some NBA talk afterwards. Forget about your Fridays looking bleak. What about your Wednesdays? Villanova University's award-winning, student-run weekly newspaper, The Villanovan. It's residence halls, dining halls, and academic buildings every Wednesday morning for your reading pleasure. In the Villanovan, read up on all things Villanova and beyond, from news to sports to arts and entertainment. Have some feedback? 
email your response letters to editor at villanovan.com. First, I hold my hands out like they're on a steering wheel. Then I look over my shoulder. One, okay, cool guy. Two, three times. Next, oh, I put it in reverse. Meep, meep, meep. Then I take it up and down, up, up, and down. And that, kiddos, is called the forklift. Dance like a dad. It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Now that's dancing. Sure beats flossing. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Now listen to V891, the roar on your smartphone or mobile device with the free Radio FX app. Interact with WXVU shows and DJs. See our schedule and events and more. Download the Radio FX app and search for WXVU today. Alrighty, welcome back to Fun Locker. We are in the middle of the uh, NFL right now, talking about we just finished talking about the Cowboys covering a little bit of the NFC. Um, let's go to some award races. Uh, I feel like we haven't really covered that in a while, and we haven't really covered offensive rookie of the year, which I I, I think we can all say was at one point a heavy favorite for Jamar Chase. Um, but I think Mac Jones is creeping into the picture, so. Uh, the, Jamar Chase is currently plus 110. He's been the favorite for a while, according to Vegas. But Mac Jones is plus 125, creeping up there. Yeah, um, I saw actually a funny comment about Mac Jones this morning while I was watching some sports this morning that uh, Mac Jones considers himself a gunslinger. What? And that he expects in the future <laughs> as he becomes more accustomed to the NFL to be throwing the ball around a lot more. But he has sh- shown consistently each week he's not making mistakes. He's leading the team down the field. He's doing what needs to be done. He is playing really well. Mm-hmm. I'm not a f- personally. I'm not a fan of the uh, Bill Belichick's offensive style. That check down, check down, check down offense. But it, it works. Wins games. So it's winning games, and they're beat. They beat the Browns. Yeah, they're beat. It's not like they're beating bad teams either. I mean, uh, once again, I think I said we said this last week. Four and zero away, very impressive. But they're they're differential in points four versus points allowed plus 98 so they they got two pretty good sides of the ball there and mac jones he's looked really comfortable yeah and and if you look over the past couple games like i just i think sacks is a big thing that the quarterbacks can control a little bit especially in the patriots offense they only give up two sacks to the browns like they the the offense lines were protecting well he's giving mac jones time he's like reading the defense better he's making decisions faster no picks three touchdowns only 198 passing yards, but that's what needs to get done. That's what needs to get done. And the Bills have been so inconsistent. I could see the Pats winning this division. Oh, really absolutely. Good. Uh, shout out to uh, Jacoby Myers for breaking his his incredible streak of um, what was it receptions without receptions without a touchdown? I believe um, NFL record. He finally broke it. Shout out to him. Wait, wait, say that again. What was that? I think he had the most receptions without a touchdown. As a wide receiver, it was something crazy, like 140 or something like that. Something nuts. So um, he broke that. On the other side of the ball, Jamar Chase. He's been he's been getting double teamed every week ever since he got the hot start. He's the bank. fifth in yards, fifth in touchdowns, and is averaging is third in yards per catch. As a rookie. As a rookie. Only problem is the Bengals and Joe Burrow have been in a pretty bad slump as recently yeah last two games jamar chase has combined for 
I'm doing my math correctly, 81 yards and a touchdown. Two games. Yeah, it's, it's not a great stat there. After, uh, you know, after putting up, well, let's call it three, four straight games where he's, like, either approaching 100 or clearly surpassed 100 <laughs> with 200 yards. So, I mean, that's a pretty big drop-off to go from 200 to 32 to 49 in three weeks. Is Joe Mixon, um, is he... No, Joe Mixon's healthy. Joe Mixon's playing. He's going to play well. Okay. Um, but they still have weapons on that offense. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. I mean, I mean, young, young offense, young quarterback, young receiving court. They're in a little bit of a slump right now. If Joe Burrow turns it on, Jamar Chase gets open. So I have a question for you, Liam. Production. If you were a betting man, which we're not condoning no. any form of no. betting whatsoever. No, got to be 21. Um... Who would you pick to win Rookie of the Year? Ooh. Mac Jones or Jamar Chase? Where's the most value? I mean, they're essentially the same. Yeah, plus, yeah just plus if it's the same. Plus for Jamar Chase, plus 125 for Mac Jones. Yeah, so who do you think wins it? Man, that's tough. You know, I love Joe Burrow. I, I really like the Bengals. I'm going to go with them. I think uh, Jamar Chase, I think they're going to turn it on. True. However... However, if the Pats win that division, Mac Jones has got to be offense rookie. So how much does record and winning the division, like would you say, plays into this? I'd say a big part. Let's say the Bang I mean, they're both pretty similar records right now, but let's say the Bengals, uh, you know, come in second behind the Ravens. Well, this, this gets into conversation about what the actual, what yeah, these awards true. mean. Because, like, the MVP has been debated in a while. And I think MVP person, I think it's a lot to do with record the, on the best yeah. teams. But I rookie of the year, I think more is about talent and less about how your team is doing in general. So I think the record should matter less in the situation. Yeah. Because Jamar Chase can have, obvious, obviously, Mac Jones has a bigger yeah. impact on games than Jamar Chase does. 100%. But it's, it's unfortunate because a lot of this rides on Joe Burrow and if Jamar Chase is going to get double, triple teamed or not. Yeah. I personally think that Mac Jones will win this award. I think he deserves to win the award. He's played really well. He's stabilized a, a rocky situation than the Patriots yeah, for the past two years, so. I would say so. Um, and he's given them a lot of hope to the future. The Patriots fans are ecstatic about him. Um, so I think Mac Jones is going to win the race. Fits the system very well. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I kind of I'm going to echo what you guys said. I I don't know. It's it's. Uh, it's just so difficult because there, it is different positions. I, it's it's generally a quarterback award. I feel like um, I don't know. I I do want to hear because none of us are Bengals or or, or um, Pats fans. So I do want to hear. We have a a uh, Mr. Will McKeon is a Pats fan on the phone right now. Will, can you hear us? Oh, he zipped you. That happens. <laughs> Will, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, we're talking about the Rookie of the Year race. It's right now Jamar Chase plus 110, and Mac Jones is closing the gap with plus 125. We are aware that you are a Patriots fan. So I want to hear, you know, the team's success recently um, and Mac Jones' improved play. What What are your thoughts about this? Well, guys, um, you know, the, I think a lot of people are uh, have slept on the Patriots this year. And I don't think people are taking into account the fact that we are two 
very, very close losses away from being eight and two, if I'm not mistaken. Very true. Um, you know, we have a late fumble from Damien Harris, which you know comes from a little bit of lack of uh, experience, new running back, um, being all, like having to do a heavy workload on a young quarterback team. But um, that should be a win right there. Second of all, we have. Uh, a missed kick from uh, Nick Folk, who's been absolute money this year, and I think uh, part of that could just be, you know, the Tom Brady intimidation factor at the end. But uh, I was listening to some Good Morning Football, I think is what it's called, and they were asking, you know, should people be afraid of the Patriots? And this absolute clown of a host says, no, people shouldn't be afraid, but they should be aware. <laughs> and I wholeheartedly disagree. I think this league should be put on notice. You should be terrified to play the Patriots, especially if they're coming into your home. Liam, you said earlier, absolutely killer uh, away record right now. Um, we have just an absolutely dominant running game. The O-line's fire on all cylinders. We have three pretty damn good backs right now um, that are sharing the workload. And even you know when uh, our main guy is out in Damian Harris, we have Bolden and Stevenson's just pick up the workload. The defense, I mean, classic Bill Belichick, turnover after turnover. I know what you guys were talking about. Uh, is Rankle there? Yeah. Rankle, I know how you're talking about how you're uh, throwing some shade on Trayvon Diggs, and I couldn't agree more. Um, <laughs> Thank you very you much. Heard what, I don't know if you guys heard what Bill Belichick said uh, about last week, but he was talking about how the Patriots don't think of sacks as that important. Kind of a different caveat, but stay with me for a second. Um, that they would much rather have pressures because, um, you know, he showed this one particular clip uh, when they were playing Carolina where um, they got their quarterback scramble in the backfield. He's running away from a pressure, and he throws right into a pick, uh, and J.C. Jackson just pretty much walks it into the end zone. So, you know, this this team is – Bill Belichick is essentially the Illuminati, man. He thinks 20 <laughs> steps ahead of everybody else when it comes to analytics. He's beyond analytics at this point. Um, and then, you know, I, that's my, my take on the Patriots. As far as Mac Jones, I mean, need I say more? When, when you put this guy in a position to win, he wins. And to go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady, I think, speaks enough. But, uh, you know, the, my sort of criteria of when I knew that Mac was going to be it this year is when he's got those sort of wheel routes running with the running back and just has – the most beautiful touch in the world put this high arcing ball drop it directly down in their hands and it's killer man it's killer um okay i'm, I'm i'll speak on that so I, I totally agree with you with the put him in a winning situation and he could win just you know coming from alabama and then going to an organization that just knows how to win um as far as games and performances that could impact his rookie of the year standings um, the next three games, Atlanta should be obviously an easy win. But no, not only Atlanta, at Atlanta, at Atlanta, at Atlanta, at Atlanta. Yes. But exactly. But after that, you play Tennessee and Buffalo, and let's say, you know, opposite sides of what could happen. Let's say he has two very poor games, um, right. versus he has two very good games. How much would you say that impacts? Um, not only Rookie of the Year, but I guess how they look at the Patriots in general, the media. Right. So um, I definitely think that that Tennessee game will be uh, probably come down to the wire. You know, Tennessee has proven this year 
like you guys were talking about earlier, they don't even have their best player, and they're winning games pretty pretty handily for the most part. A little, little scares here and there, but um, they're a good team, and I think um, that will be a game that'll be a kind of a statement game for the Patriots to win that one. And um, I think we, we're actually going to win it handily. I know I might have just said it was going to be close, but I think with a running game, we'll just be able to shove it down their throat. They're missing Derrick Henry. Um, you know, I think Tannehill's proven some people wrong this year in the fact that he can sit back there and make things happen. But um, I think I think the Patriots are uh, a team to, rec- to be reckoned with. And with with the Bills, that is a divisional game. So I, I would personally say that we games against the Bills this Two games against the two more games. Yeah. Okay, so two more games against the Bills. Um, you know that could maybe decide the division. I feel like winning the division. I think you'd agree would definitely help. Oh yeah, Mac Jones if tremendously. That, if they no, it absolutely help Mac Jones uh, run for offensive rookie of the year. But you know, I think right now the absolute last thing on Mac Jones' mind is offensive rookie of the year. I think he's so bought in to the Bill Belichick do your job point of view. I bet that man's just studying the playbook and running through it in his backyard over and over and over again until he eats, sleeps, and breathes the Patriots' offense. And um, as far as the Bills, and you know, we can talk about the long-term um, success that Mac Jones is destined to have. <laughs> and uh, I just think that um, if we can split against the Bills, um, I think that's bare minimum. Yeah, I agree. If you can play against the Bills, you have a legit chance of winning this division. That, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you guys have any more questions for Will? Will, j- just uh, real quick while we still got you, uh, any comments on Jamar Chase? You know, I got a couple. I'm going to try to be a little bit nicer on the young lad. You know, he's put up some numbers this year. But uh, don't wanna don't wanna tear him down or anything. But it, it might be a little easier to put up numbers when you're kind of the only guy on the team that can catch a ball. Um, and not only that, your quarterback is essentially your butt buddy. Like you guys just kind of hang out probably every weekend and talk about wow. oh, I'm gonna throw to you 40 times this game. Haha, that'd be so funny. Um, <laughs> like. I think it's uh, it's easier to be that guy. You know, we can talk about the fact that like maybe he's getting double covered and still managing to break out of it. And I think it's really impressive. But as you guys were just talking about the last two games, you know, he's had a lot of real slowdown production, and I think maybe that could be partially due to the slowdown of the Bengals in general, and maybe Joe Burrow lacking a little bit of that flair he had a couple games ago. But maybe it also could be because Jamar people are starting to figure out Jamar Chase and starting to realize that. Yeah, he is the only dude on that field that it's going to be thrown to. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if we entirely agree with that, because, you know, you you got to give credit to, to T. Higgins and Joe Mixon. But, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, the buddy-buddy thing, two, guy, two young guys out of LSU, um, you know, you can't, you can't count that out. So I, I like your points there. Um, Will, i got to say, on behalf of the three of us, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate your Absolutely. voice and your opinions, and we hope you call back in uh, the future, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. I'll keep listening, and I want everybody who's listening right now to know, number one podcast in America, get on the bandwagon early, there baby, because go. it's going to the heck, heckin' moon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Take care. Yep. See you guys. All right.
Uh, we did not endorse. That was that was all will, by the way, with that with that little plug at the end. Yeah. Um, so I guess coming off the uh, Jamar Chase and Mac Jones thing, let's talk about one of our favorite segments. Little Monday Night Football picks. Oh yeah. I like that. Yep, Monday Night Football. We got big one this week. I am currently at seven and two, absolutely How running these picks. How's he doing? Oh. We'll Liam at two time. and seven and Truett at three and six. Your fading has not worked so far. Sean, what are you picking tonight? A Monday football. Rams minus three and a half at the Niners. That is quite the line. It is quite a line. I was talking to my roommate last night about trap like game. it trap seems like a trap game. game. That's game. such a trap. trap it seems like game. such a trap game. But the Niners are so bad. But right. My uh, pick, pick it, Sean. Currently, my fantasy team is down to our caller Will McKeon by a hundred and two points, and I have. The Rams quarterback, the Rams running back, the Rams wide receiver to go. So I'm going to hitch my wagon on those guys, and I'm going to hope the Rams absolutely blow out the Niners and cover easily. I guess not a blowout. I think I'd like to, like to keep it high scoring and close, but Rams win by a touchdown at least. Rams minus three and a half. Book it. I guess I'm just going to stick with my, um, even though my guns haven't really been working a whole lot, I'll stick with my guns. Sean, I'm going to fade you once again. <laughs> what are you so worried? Oh, my God. I just, if you're not first, you're last. and You're last. Right now, I think, how many weeks are there? Is it even statistically possible for us to catch up? I could come back if I win. you got to win out. But you got to win out. Niners. <laughs> I, can't even, I don't even want to say it. Niners cover. Yeah. 89% of all the bets placed uh, on DraftKings have been on the Rams. And I'm fading the public on this one. <laughs> fading the public. Not only fading Sean, but fading the public as well. Niners, please. I- I'm begging you. Please, just help me out a little bit. I need a win. So, have the was the last game they played, the Rams played, versus the Titans? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they had the bye. No, no. Last game was Sunday. Last Sunday. Oh, they played. yeah, yeah. So they, they, they also just got Odell. Mm-hmm. Robert Woods is hurt. Robert Woods tours ACL. It doesn't really matter because Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup and Daryl Henderson and that offensive line. My three guys. This, this screams trap game. I don't care. I'm going with Sean. I'm going with the Rams. Three and a half. What, what are you getting from this? <laughs> I'm trying to choose an accurate pick. Um, He's trying to help our listeners. If the... Niners cover and or win this game, I I don't know. I will what? lose what? my mind. I, I don't know what I'll oh, do. I'll but more than that. What are you going to do? I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we'll, we'll put a poll on, on Twitter or something. Yeah. <laughs> what will true it do? Because this is just like, you know, being a Seahawks fan and, and constantly keeping track of these NFC West teams, I don't know how this line is three and a half. It just screams trap yeah. game. They know something. I mean, we what are the, don't. Yeah, they what know are, something. They, they, that's that's what it is. They, but also at the same time, I was I was thinking yesterday, um, Packers minus three versus the Seahawks. That had to be a trap game. So I almost took Seahawks if if I was a betting man. But um, no, it was seventeen zero. You know, they got blown out. Fade, fade, fade. Okay, um, <laughs> wrapping up the NFL segment, we got a quick trivia question. Oh, a little fun thing we started talking about earlier today. Um, out of the thirty NFL stadiums. 17 of them are grass. Any guesses on, can you name six grass stadiums? Um, I'm going to look at the um, all these divisions right now. I want to say the entirety of the AFC North 
So the Ravens are grass. I'm so curious. The what, what are you grass. basing? The Bengals are turf. Bengals are turf. What are you basing this on? This is just pure guess. I'm thinking in my head. There's some pretty obvious yeah. ones. Like um, Raiders old stadium was 100% grass. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Browns is definitely grass. Browns has to be grass. Mm-hmm. Patriots is grass. Yep. Dolphins. No, wait, no, no, no. Patriots, I believe, is turf. Is it actually? Yep. Patriots is turf. What, uh, Dolphins. Dolphins is grass. I know the Saints are the, is turf. Saints I know turf. the Falcons are turf. I think the Bucks are grass, too. Buccaneers are grass. Yes. I want to go. I think the Panthers. Panthers, Panthers are turf. Yeah, okay. There's one easy there's just two easy ones. These in my opinion they're easy. Green Bay is grass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and their rivals. Chicago is grass as well. Yeah. Detroit gotta be turf, right? Yep, Detroit's turf. What about Minnesota? Minnesota okay. is turf. That it's indoors. That, we've named six. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. But just just for a fun fact for listeners out there, the um Cardinals and Raider stadiums both are domes, but they have grass, and they literally have their grass fields on rollers. And when they're not playing, they roll the turf into the park, they roll the grass into the parking lot, <laughs> so that it can get sunlight and like water that. and grow. People are getting paid to do this. Yep, that's absurd. It's fun. Okay, well, all right, Sean, I want you to lead this segment, baby. Nova basketball recap. Yeah. All right, so starting the season, one-on-one, we've dropped down. We started the season at the fourth-ranked team in the country. We've dropped down to five. Um, played a great game at Mount St. Mary. Justin Moore shot lights out. Lovely to watch. Um, Slater shot well. Love that. He's a big key to this team going forward. Like if Slater, Slater's, we know he can defense. play defensively. Yeah. Defensively, he's outrageously really good. But if he can step up offensively, because like we know the contributors. We know Collins going to play well. Jermaine's going to play well. We know those guys. Justin Moore, we also think, is going to play well. A lot of breakout candidate on many people's lists. Put up his highest total points after not getting subbed from a Big East first team, which I guess he was pretty mad about because he went and dropped 27 in his first opening night. Um, so that's, that's basically the first game. First game was a blowout. It didn't really matter. The UCLA game we'll get into a little bit. Um, we watched it. Um, close OT loss. To the two seed. To the two seed. In, in UCLA. Late games, 11.30 our time, so past those guys' bedtimes. Um, <laughs> but the team in general, I guess, at least my initial reactions, Eric Dixon. Oh, yeah. Defensive monster. Very well. And he was scoring well offensively. My, he had, like, a post fade. We haven't ever yeah. seen him take We haven't really, Never. like, okay, Jeremiah was our big man, but he wasn't, like, our... He's not a prototypical big He's not a rim protector. No, we've been at center and Eric, Eric Dixon plays offensively like a big man, too. Defense yeah. pest. I like the way he played. Yeah. I I just want to say one thing. You take out those last five minutes, we looked incredible. Oh, absolutely. The, the big question mark, at least in my mind, defensively, oh, my God, like, we played well. We like, did. Defense has been a problem, but we were switching well. Like, we settled in. They were just making tough shots. Oh, they made tough shots all game. Yeah. That last... Little bank runner floater, absolute prayer off the backboard, and somehow went in. You tip the count to them. Yeah. Tip your cap to them. They defensively they looked fine. I'm not yeah. worried about that. I think the biggest problem, Caleb Daniels. Yeah. Oh, he played. He played so bad. Played Without him, bad. we don't have a bench. We really don't. We were on a six-man rotation at one point. And it's it was, seven it with was, Chris. Wasn't it because Justin Moore was in foul trouble that yeah. he was in? Yeah. Yeah. So. 
If Brian Antoine can get healthier, he expends it a little bit. The freshman, it's early in the season, yeah, so Jay so Wright didn't want to trust the freshman, but... Especially in a big game yeah. like this. Yeah, as the season game goes season on. Yeah. Is, what were they, a Final Four team last year? Yeah. yeah. So I, that's a lot to ask. You can't really yeah. play the freshman. As the season goes on, I think the freshman will get more and more time. They're big guys. They're big, strong guys. Especially against a weak Big East. I'm, oh, absolutely. We're going to see a lot of the freshmen play. Hopefully... We can have a couple guys get into their own. Our big guy, our big games are not conference games this mm-hmm. year because we, we still got a game against Tennessee this Saturday. I think the 16th seed in the country. Howard's tomorrow. I want to say Howard's yeah. tomorrow. Howard's Tennessee tomorrow. Saturday. We still play Syracuse and Baylor before Christmas. Wow, Syracuse. wow. And I've Baylor. heard slider. I have heard defending champs Baylor Bears. Rumors are that the uh, entire Villanova basketball team is very excited to. Absolutely destroy Cole Swider. They do not Good. like him whatsoever. So. Oh, that's right. I don't like Cole Swider either. <laughs> Love wow. to see that. Just Slowest, destroy I want to see someone poster him. Slowest feed I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. Jay Ray's going to scream at him and forget that he's not, he's not his player anymore. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but that's a little Villanova recap. Anybody else got any comments about the Villanova game so far this year? I think we're going to be I think we're going to be really, really good this year. Yeah, and Collins played really well shooting lights out, deep threes, like, He's our leader. He yep. made shots against UCLA. Which, oh, made shots made when you need them. Yeah. He did. All right, that was our Villanova recap. We're going to cut to some quick PSAs before we finish the show with a little basketball NBA segment. Stay tuned. Back. Is your Play-Doh paper due tomorrow? Need a fresh set of eyes to look over your final draft? Haven't even started yet? You can make an appointment at the Villanova University Writing Center. Located on the second floor of Falvey Memorial Library, the Writing Center is full of professionally trained tutors who assist Villanova students of all majors on their writing assignments, from personal statements to thesis papers, at any stage in the writing process. Hours of operation are Sunday, 3.30 to 7.30, Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 7.30, and Friday from 11.30 to 3.30. Stop in or call 610-519-4604 to make an appointment today. All right, so welcome back, everybody. A little fun locker room. Second little bit. Time for our basketball segment. Talking about the uh, NBA. Um, teams that impressed us so far this year. Um, I know True is going to talk about the Bulls in a little bit, but the Washington Wizards have come out really well. I know we discussed a little bit about the whole trade situation, about how the whole big trade that happened with the Russell Westbrook for a bunch of Lakers role men basically with Montrose Harrell um, Kyle Kuzma KCP coming over in that trade and the Wizards look like a better team now they've been playing really well they're playing as a team Spencer Dinwiddie still isn't fully assimilated back to the coming back from injury which is expected and he's going to take a little bit to come back all the way but with him Bradley Beal KCP Kuzma Montrose Harrell like the team is looking really well they're passing well they're playing like I know they're first in the in the uh, Eastern Conference right now, and that's a little little unrealistic to expect them to maintain over the course of the season. But I do expect that they can continue to some capacity over the rest of the season. Like I don't, I expect them to be a playoff team if they continue like they're playing right now. Bradley Beal, and then it comes to Bradley Beal question: Does he leave? Because I, why would you leave now? The Wizards are playing their best basketball. It shows a little slight on Russell Westbrook a little bit, but I think more about the fact that. One superstar and a bunch of role players around him is sometimes better than having two ball-dominant superstars. It really is. Yeah, the, the Wizards. I don't know. I expect them. To, I expect them to continue winning. The Wizards. Oh yeah, the Wizards have been playing really, really well, and um, 
I mean, what I was the, the fact that maybe sometimes in the NBA having <laughs> one superstar and a bunch of like high quality role players around him <laughs> is better than having two ball dominant superstars. Here's here's what I'm gonna say at this at this time. They remind me a lot of the Suns in the fact that they have their guy that can score in Devin Booker. CP3 right now, late in his career, he can make plays, but he's not going to be that dominant scorer. Yes. Besides that, everybody on that team has a role. They have guys off the bench that can play. Wizards look the same way. Yeah. Um, i got to ask True this question, though. <coughs> Wizards have been playing really well. Without Russell Westbrook, is that a slight on his legacy? Yeah, a lot of teams have gone better as yeah. he's left. Okay, um, and when he's joined the Lakers, actually, they haven't played well to begin with. Not true. The Rockets did not play at all well That's after true. he left. Um, the Thunder did not play at all. Well, I mean, they made the playoffs, but um, yeah. So I'm going to try and leave a lot of bias out of this. I think it's twofold. I mean, there's a lot of things to take in. Uh, yes, you're right. It, so last year was two ball dominant superstars, um, but at the same time, you know Thomas Bryant had torn his ACL, and so Robin Lopez and Alex Len are playing the majority of your center minutes. Like, you can't win many games when Robert Lopez and That's Alex Len are your true. center rotation. And now they have, you know, they did bring in guys through Russell Westbrook trade, and Thomas Bryant's healthy. So that's one aspect. Thomas Bryant's hurt. He's not been playing much. I'm sorry, okay. Uh, well, they picked up Daniel Gaffer at the Mont- uh, middle. Montrezl Harrell, yeah. That's the guy. Montrezl Harrell is playing out of his mind. Uh, Daniel Gafford also was a great pickup last yes. season. I've really liked him a lot. And um, hate to say it, Kuzma's been playing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so that the one thing is, is the centers. Also, I stand by this in saying the Wizards did not have really anybody that could get their own shot. Last year, the third option was essentially Rui Hashimura, and the guy that was handling the ball the most outside of the two of them, uh, I'm sorry, outside of Russ and Bradley Beal, was Ish Smith off the bench. <laughs> so um, you can only go so far with that as your three ball handlers. But, you know, I will say I, okay, and then the, one more aspect. Um, the Wizards last year came out of the gate playing like the Sixers twice, they played a lot of hard teams. That's kind of a cop-out answer. They have been beating up on the Magic, you know, in the Cavs, but that's a cop-out answer. I won't... Hey, they made the playoffs, though. They did make the playoffs. That is, They made the playoffs for the first time in a while, pretty much since John Wall was, was healthy again. So that is something you have to give Westbrook credit for. At the same time... With, I, I, I want to butt in here, too, yeah. with a much worse team. I yeah. Think. Yeah, much, much worse. Much worse. At the same time, I, I'm happy that the Wizards got back tremendous depth mm-hmm. in that trade and bringing in um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Tremendous yeah. depth. You, you have, I mean, Kyle Kuzma can put the ball on the floor if he needs to. Spencer Dinwiddie, you can give Montrez Harold to go get you a, you know, a bucket or a post move. The depth they've got around Bradley Beal was just not there for Bradley Beal and Westbrook. So to uh, what Sean said, trade a superstar for depth, I think is, it is addition by subtraction if you think about it. But I don't think that should be a stain on Russell Westbrook. I think it would have been the same thing if you traded away, let's say, a healthy John Wall or, uh, you know, an, another uh, ball-dominant player. I mean, it could be a stain on his legacy. I don't know. We have to see if the Wizards – it looks like they're going to make the playoffs. We'll see if they ever come back. The East right now. We'll see if they ever come back down to earth. It is, like, no, less are, than 15 games in. They are playing out of the um, right now. And the thing is, it is – the. 
Bradley Beal's not doing everything. He's not even like shooting that well this year. It is a lot of guys like Kuzma stepping up. Um, so that's my two cents about it. I want like if you guys are down for this question, um, I saw uh, ESPN Mike Greenberg said the other day that if you take the players that have been subtracted from the Lakers in the last four years, so this is LeBron's fourth year in the Lakers. Um, you could make a playoff team out of in any conference out of those players. Let's, let's read this. Let's read this team trip. Uh, so we have notable ones: Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, Javale McGee, Andre wow. Drummond, Marcus Saul, KCP, Alex Caruso, Danny Green, Zubac, and a couple other ones that I don't think would wow. move the needle. But team's definitely fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, that's for sure. But the way they're playing, with the way these players are playing right now, yeah. and I think a big thing was. The problem when LeBron went to the Lakers is that they got rid of a lot of young guys mm-hmm. who needed time and things to develop. And who need the ball. Who needed the ball. Not the ball, but like just opportunities. Yeah. They needed opportunities. And you bring in a guy like LeBron who just takes all those opportunities away from them a little bit. I know I know he passes around, mm-hmm. but he like you're taking a lot of these, you're allowing these guys to grow. You know you're not allowing them to grow, you're just throwing them in the spotlight. And a lot of these guys have grown leaving his spotlight. Like, I don't think Lonzo Ball would be as good as he is now if he had stayed there. 100%. Same as Kuzma, yeah. same as Brandingham, all these guys. But they've developed into their own, away from yeah. Lakers. I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, I want to make a quick comment on Kyle Kuzma. Um, you know, watching the Lakers and seeing the like his media attention, everyone just, like, poops on him, right? Because, like, he does have moments where he just, like, with the Lakers, where he just didn't, you know, get the job done. But... That was a lot of playoff moments that they're talking about. In the regular season, he shot more threes. I mean, sorry, he made more threes at a higher percentage than Trey Young last year in the regular season. Wow. Like, that stat, is, if you think about it, it's unbelievable. He did what he needed to do. He was never going to live up to the expectations of being this third star uh, around LeBron and AD. Like, a lot of people after the Anthony Davis trade said, wow, they really kept the best out of that young core in Kyle Kuzma because right out of the gates, you know, being... Uh, he was a late first round pick. Late first round pick. I think he might have been like a senior or a junior or something like that. So he was kind of a little bit NBA ready to contribute. And they're like, wow, they actually kept the best player. It turns out, you know, maybe not, maybe not the best player at all out of that group. But it it is unfair to it, it, it's a Lakers fans thing where and it's a media thing where they just write off these players after you know bad stretches like the playoffs. If you look at that first round series versus the Suns. Every all the support players. Oh, I forgot to put Dennis Schroeder on here. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, KCP, Caruso. They just you know Drummond especially. They just didn't have a good series, and so I think it's very easy for Lakers fans to be like, because you're not fitting this role that you have to play in to win with LeBron, you are automatically trash. Which is, mm-hmm. let's be honest, not the case. So. Um, and I'm gonna leave Montrezl Harrell out of there because I I'll admit the Lakers did not use him correctly at all. Former Six Man of the Year barely played. It's very very odd. Um, but it was. There another thing I want to talk about in the East. Um, Nets have been playing really really well. But KD's been playing really yeah, really well. Yeah, K- KD right now I think is the front runner for easily um, MVP, averaging most points in the league on he's not even top ten in field goal attempts. Wow. Yeah. He's averaging the most points in the league. Wow. Very efficient scoring. But I want to talk about um team that got off to a really, really hot start. It's kind of slowed down over the past week in Philadelphia. 
on a four-game losing streak right now. Without um, Joel Embiid. Without Joel Embiid. Man, I don't know. It's going to be tough, tough for this team. I, right out of the gates, I love their chemistry, loved how they were gelling. But, man, you lose four, four straight. I mean, lose to the Knicks, lose to the Bucks. that's whatever. Lose to the Raptors and the Pacers. They got the Jazz. Um, but their the Jazz team tomorrow. without Embiid is nothing. Yeah. It's true. The other guys on the team, like Seth Curry and Danny Green, are able to be good because Joel Embiid in the paint draws attention. You just have to, like, get closer to him and kind of leave your guy a little bit. And, you know, you give Seth Curry any space and he's making a shot. However, teams like the Pacers and the Raptors are teams, if you're if you're with Philadelphia, you're, you're aiming for what, top four seed? Are these no. blowouts? These losses? They lost to the, um, I think it was the Pacers pretty handedly. Yeah, I think uh, the Sixers are a five or six seed, to be honest. Five or six seed? I mean, you can talk about the whole Ben Simmons thing over like, like I would just I would put the Nets, the Bulls, the Heat. Heat have been playing really well. Nets, Bulls, yeah. Heat, Bucks, above them. Yeah. And maybe even the uh, Knicks or the Hornets. I will say, speaking about the Heat, um, the Heat that Heat Lakers game was very entertaining to it watch. Um, I want to give major credit to Tyler Hero for just. It's been having really my, good. Season. <laughs> this could be the earliest we we see locking in the favorite for a six man of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just going off in his role. Um, just stupid award. It has been a stupid award. award. Yeah, he I, plays I, I, like twice as many minutes as the starter Duncan Robinson. But Lou Williams just won a bunch of Kia Sorentos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but on the other side of the ball, um, just going back to the Lakers, um, I'm I'm still not worried just because they. Um, they have shooters. They have shooters on that team now that people are getting healthy. Once LeBron comes back and he's still been out, and you know it's hard to win without your best player. You know Wayne Ellington, Bazemore, Malik Monk had the game of his life. He's the only reason they won that game. If we're gonna be honest here, um, who, who else? Won? Avery Bradley. Like they have guys that can make shots. They just need to really put it all together. And it's kind of what's happening soon. But you know without LeBron, there's it, it, gonna be readjustments. So I think it's a little disheartening though, because. Still, without LeBron, that team's good enough to win games, and they just they really haven't been beating the teams that they should. Lot losing, getting blown out to the Timberwolves. That they was bounced back win against the Spurs. Yeah, but they were up at half against the Timberwolves. Yeah, and lost by thirty four. Embarrassing, <laughs> embarrassing. Um, yeah, I mean we'll have to see. There's nothing really too new about the uh, Lakers. What are, what are our thoughts on the Chicago Bulls? Who I we've talked about them before, but. They recently beat the Nets. Um, they got beat by the Warriors, who, you know, that was another test. But they beat the Nets, and from watching that game, one of the first Bulls games I've really had a chance to sit down and watch most of it, um, to beat what many people are considering the Eastern Conference favorites, um, it, their offense, and, and I've always, <laughs> I've, I've gone back and forth on Billy Donovan when he was the Thunders coach, but he is just, the offense he's running and utilizing all the pieces and, and you know the lineups and everything, and it, it's honestly beautiful to watch. Um, the spacing with with Levine, Lonzo, and, and Vucevic, and you know a pick and pop between Levine uh, or DeRozan and Vucevic is just you can't stop that. No, you know what I mean? no. unbelievable. And season. before I turn it over to you guys, the pace they play at is incredible. 
the the Nets like when they were playing, they had a lot of older guys. Like you can't expect Lamarcus Aldridge to get back <laughs> down the floor that fast. And they have a lot of guys that can hit. You know, it, it, we're kind of in the era of if you have like a two on one fast break, one guy might just pop out to the, the three point line. Yeah, and they have guys that can make those shots. Well, they they do it very very interesting, and they do it perfectly for who they have. They get a rebound, the ball goes right to Lonzo. You got Gunners, Levine, Caruso, DeMar DeRozan running the floor. He just plays quarterback. It's beautiful basketball. We got to give a shout out though, Alex Caruso right now, <laughs> leading the league in steals at two and a half a game. That's crazy. He's been that perfect guy off the bench for him. Just, I mean, can hit threes, plays suffocating defense. We saw it on Curry the other day. He played great, and th- this Bulls team is it's scary really is. Yeah, and, and Vucevic, Vucevic can also throw the ball on the court, like mm-hmm. him getting a rebound, quick outlet pass. It's like they have the ability to do that, which is really nice. Yeah, so that team, I mean, I think this Eastern Conference is going to be exciting to see how, it, how it changes. It is fun, for sure. Um, we got to wrap up soon. I know we'd love to talk more about NBA. We could spend hours talking about it, but Sean has some NBA trivia. Let's hear it. Okay. There are five guys. This just came up to me because you guys started talking about it. There have been five guys in NBA history to win multiple six-man-of-the-year awards. Ooh. Can you name the five? I think Obviously, you can name four of them. Lou. Yep. Jamal Crawford. Yep. They both have three. They are tied for the most. Really? Does JR have multiple? No. These guys are old guys. The next two old. guys, one played in the 80s, one played in the 90s. Um, I'm trying to think of six-man-of-the-year in the 90s. I personally don't think of them as six-men. They're starters, in my opinion, but they won six-man-of-the-year awards. Did Kevin, Kevin McHale won a couple, right? Kevin McHale won two. Yeah. Wow. So we got two more? Wow. Two more. Uh, was, is there a Bulls guy from the 90s? No. No? What Can we get the team? Okay, so Ricky Pierce won one of them. Uh, yeah, no way we're yeah. going to. None of you guys have gotten that. Wait, how many did he win? Ricky Pierce won two. Two. <laughs> Jamal, Jamal Crawford and the Williams have only guys who won three. The next guy is... True, you should know him. Oh, is he a Sonics guy? Yeah. 80s, you said? 90s. Deadless? Deadless. Yeah. Lethal. There you go. I, I, I think of him as a starter. Exactly. I think of Kevin McHale and Deadlift yeah. both as starters. Oh, yeah. How sure. many did, did Deadlift win? Two. He was wow. he was Dirk before Dirk. Deadlift yeah. <laughs> Dead won two in... Uh, let me see if I find the years. If only that team would beat Michael Jordan. Well, does not I mean, say what nobody beat Michael Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Deadlift Shrimp. Some iconic photos of Gary Payton trash talking MJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just outside of basketball, just two personalities like that—that's yeah. crazy. So he won them in '91 and '92. Wow, '92. So that was that was pretty early. Before pretty young. I, I want to say early. they went to the finals like '97. Yeah. Actually, he didn't even win them with the. He won them with the Pacers. Are you serious? Wow. '91, '92, the Pacers got traded to the Sudan Sox in '93. They went wow. to the finals. Yeah. So he he must have started the Sox. Had yeah. To, and then yeah. came off the bench. Sean Kemp, um, Gary Payton. Is that like a Mark, Mark Jackson, Reggie Miller days? He was putting oh, his yeah. on the bench. Mark Jackson. That's a good team. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I could go back and watch some 90s basketball. <laughs> we got to do that. A little Michael Jordan. Yeah. We'll go watch the last dance again. All right, everybody. This is Fun in the Locker Room. It's 520. We'd love to talk for more, but you're just going to have to catch up with us uh, next week. Mondays, 4 p.m. We'll be back with more NFL, NBA, maybe some more college. Um, stick around. Don't forget to check out the podcast on SoundCloud, Fun the Locker Room, the Twitter that Sean works very hard at. Maybe we'll see what he'll do if the Niners win tonight. 
Uh, be sure to watch the game and see uh, who wins and who's going to be right. And catch us next time, Mondays, 4 p.m. Is your Play-Doh paper due tomorrow? 